Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Yo, people, because we have a lot <laughs> not together as usual. Uh, Smooth. Thank you. Uh, we'll start off with you, Nicole. Nicole. What's your favorite teen movie? Uh, set in a high school or just teens? I mean, I feel like usually teen movies are set in a high school, but they don't have to be, I suppose. I don't yeah, know. They what can... are you going to give you? Some French film about some teenager that, like, <laughs> her <laughs> menstrual cycle and then, like, Her sexuality, too. Some weird <laughs> lesbian French movie. <laughs> Uh, favorite high school movie with teenagers. Gee, that's hard. Maybe Clueless. I do love Clueless. Clueless is a good, is good. one. Yeah. Is a good one. It's major harsh. What about you, Eddie? What's yours? I can't think of one. Um, <laughs> the only one that keeps on popping in my head is Scream. Okay. Mm, that's mean, a good it one. Is a horror movie, but it, yeah. is a, it is also a teen film. Yeah. Mid-90s, really. Really did it for teen movies. And Rolando, what about you? Which is so funny. He picked also like in the horror genre because I also probably gravitate towards the horror genre too. And I picked The mm-hmm. Faculty is my favorite like teen ah, movie. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. And let me tell you, that is no lie. Because if there's any chance of Rolando bringing up The Faculty, I will. He will bring it up. Indeed. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, you know, the faculty could constitute itself as a remake. Well, it's kind of a reimagining if the Breakfast Club met the thing. But I suppose. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, I I think I, we did an episode of this where I thought this could be remade absolutely as its own uh, as its own show. It, I definitely think uh, as a show, it would actually be really compelling. Yeah, I think so, too. So if yeah. anyone out there in Paramount, who I believe own the rights, is listening... Mm-hmm. I feel like I get like a percentage of that. So nobody said the movie that we're covering today. Honestly, though, it would be in my top three. I would agree. It's in my top five for sure. Yeah. yeah. I say top five because I don't know off the top of my head what my other four are, but it is, it is certainly. <laughs> but there's other four, there. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think this is absolutely one of the best, hands down, objectively and personally speaking, uh, high school movies there is. And 20 years later, did we think we were going to be seeing a remake of it? A musical remake of it? I don't know. I mean, did anyone know out. it's a musical remake? That's the other question. <laughs> That's the other question, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Questions we will be answering today when we talk about Mean Girls, the 2004 film, and this new 2024 musical. That's right, musical. The second film in a row, by the way, which was originally a film, which was a book that got turned to a film, that got adapted to a Broadway musical, and now they turned that Broadway musical into a film. Two of those in a row. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can we do three? <laughs> Rolando would die. <laughs> I, I might, yeah. He, I don't know. He fakes it that he hates musicals. Excuse you? But he's the first one. He's like, every song, he was like, oh my God, that's such a great song. I love this song. And he's like typing. He's putting his like. He adds it to his <laughs> iTunes. He puts it on his <laughs> notes. He's like, I got to remember this. I was taking notes, Nicole. You should be so proud. Yeah, he was. Wow, you were taking notes? I love that. I can't wait to hear about some of your notes. And we got a lot to discuss. Because on Wednesdays, we wear pink. I am Nicole. 
And I'm Rolando. And I'm Eddie Z. That's so fetch. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast about unoriginality. Yeah, I remember I was looking at Rolando's iTunes once and I was like, there's a lot of musicals on here. There was like Tick, Tick, Boom. There was Encanto. I put a, what's it called? I put a screenshot because it happened to be, I hit like a musical week or something where like all my recent Oh, it just was that one week. It was just just that one week. It was just that, where it was just recently (laughs) just lots of musical numbers in my phone. Yeah. It's very rare. Uh, (laughs) I, I mean, you know. I'm, so I don't listen to the way I listen to music isn't like everyone else who like listens to albums and like likes to like really like replay music over and over again. It's just like I listen to singles or things I hear in movies or commercials or TV shows. Right. Like uh, commercials are a shockingly big place where I get a lot of my music from. Mm, yes. Thank you for that detailed explanation. I'm a consumerist. <laughs> so, guys, I have a question for you. Who were you 20 years ago in 2004? When this movie came out, I'm going to assume maybe either fresh out of high school or still in high school. But this is, I think, the millennial high school movie for sure. And I'd like to know a little bit about who you were when this movie came out. So this was 2004. When in 2004 did it come out? Do we know? It came out in April. So I would have been in high school still. I would have been graduating. But I didn't because I did not see this movie in theaters. I actually think I saw this in college, like my freshman year, same year when it was out on like DVD and stuff. Uh, I would agree with that. I did not see this movie in theaters. I don't know if I waited until college, but this was a movie that, like, the word of mouth, people were like, but this movie's good. You should see it. It did not drag me to the theater. I was a sophomore. I was a sophomore in high school. Wow. Yeah, just joined the drama club and stuff, making friends. I know, I was such a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) What about Um, you, Eddie? um, College? And I did see it in theaters. Wow, you saw it in you theaters. You saw it in theaters. Yes. Wow. And um, the reason it was literally, and I hate this term, we saw it for shits and giggles. Mm. It was like we were, there. me and two other guys um, from the dorm, and we saw it because on Sundays they had like $5 movies or $4 movies in the theater that we were, that was close to us. So we just said, Lindsay Lohan, come on. Yeah. And this is like peak Lohan the year before she did freaky Friday, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people really love to this day. And I think she followed up with this. I don't, uh, she was just like Saturday night live. You know, that was, she was really popular on that and her skits went really viral her, at that day and age and her, her music, music and her music, music at the time mm-hmm. she yeah. was very much the it girl uh did you guys walk out of the movie being like that was a good movie which one the new one mean girls um eddie when you went to see it in 2004 oh, yeah. for shits and giggles so i really liked it yeah i walked nice. out i walked out being like this was it was like oh my god think i'm gay no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i knew before i knew before no no i Imagine. no I, I literally walked out was like oh my god it was like i i had no idea i was gonna like this movie and that i was gonna say ridiculous i was gonna quote it throughout the day 
Yeah, that's I love that. That's what's so great about this movie is that no one had any anticipation for it. Uh, there was no reputation that preceded it. The only like big star in it was Lindsay Lohan, who had just become a big star. But like Rachel McAdams wasn't really a star. She, the Notebook came out this year too, so that catapulted her to fame. Right. It was Amanda Seyfried's acting debut. I can't believe that's her acting debut. Mm-hmm. Tina Fey, I also feel like was really starting to become a breakout person who, you know, Dirty Rock, I think, became a, a television show two years later. Yeah. And she was still on Saturday Night Live. She was doing Saturday Night Live at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the the supporting cast was Saturday Night Live things, which we know, too, hist- historically speaking, that Saturday Night Live movies aren't very good, or at least the ones that came before Mean Girls. So I think a lot of people also like felt like it was a very Saturday Night Live movie, which... Yeah, right. So you had Tim Meadows, yeah. Amy Poehler, uh, Anna Gasteyer. Anna Gasteyer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. Lizzie Kaplan, uh, Jonathan Bennett, Daniel Frances. People, nobody knew, who's, knew who these people were. So no one had any idea what to think about this yeah. movie. You forgot Lacey Chabert. Uh, no, I said her name. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you? Okay. Well, yeah, she was. But I didn't uh, really say much. I mean, what I feel so interesting enough. A lot of my guy friends all knew her already before this. Oh, really? I don't know what they knew her from, but definitely Lost in Space. Maybe Lost in Space. Yeah. So maybe that would be good. Yeah. I think she's on a TV show too. No, wasn't um, she in um my so-called life? No, no, no. A party no. of five. I think Maybe she was in Party of Five. Yeah, she was in Party of Five. She was the young. Damn, young this sister. era of like TV stars turned movie stars. It seems so long ago and stuff, right? Because now it's the opposite. Now it's like movie stars turned TV stars. It's true. Uh, yeah. She also was in not another teen movie because this was the era of the teen movie that mm-hmm. it got, you know, the parody, but more so the 90s teen movie. And also, I love that movie. <laughs> not another <laughs> teen movie. It's actually pretty funny. I prefer a scary movie. I think Sierra movies also great. I like those movies. Uh, the ones that are good at it. So Tina Fey actually read a book called Queen Bees and Wannabes, which is not a, sorry, my Siri went off, which is not a fiction book. It's actually a nonfiction book meant for parents to discuss female behavior and how girls in high school are likely to form like cliques and how to deal with aggressive behavior, how to deal with school bullying. It was very much kind of informative. And mm-hmm. I don't know how, but Tina Fey read it and was like, wow, I think I could turn this into a movie. And also... I mean, I think she just took the ideas behind it and just like kind of turned it into fictionalized versions. It's yeah. like, they give the credit. She does give the credit to the book, but like everyone really does. It's just like, okay, but like, it's not really. The it's, book is yeah, this really is, source yeah. material here. <laughs> it's very much based on it, inspired by it, but this is very much all Tina Fey's original mm-hmm. writing. She drew a lot of experience going to high school in Pennsylvania and she just kind of wanted to make like an updated, you know, movie about toxic teen behavior because who doesn't love that? So mm-hmm. she came up with a story about Katie Heron, a naive teenage girl who relocates with her family from being homeschooled in Africa to now joining a pretty average American high school. In California, right? They're all mm-hmm. in California. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and kind of how socially different and like sociologically different that is for her and having that insider's point of view of what it must be like to enter into that world. It's, it's a really interesting premise, you know, to take this person who has no idea what this world is, is like, you know, being kind of like talked to it, like you're the audience and then entering it full heartedly. Mm-hmm. As much as this is Lindsay Lohan's movie, this is also very much, you know, this is Tina Fey's baby. 
I think that when people think of Tina Fey, they'll probably always remember either 30 Rock or Mean Girls. I think that's going to be like her biggest. Everyone's going to remember her for those things. She's being like rumored to replace Lauren Michaels. I've heard that. Saturday Night Live. What do you guys think about that? What do you guys think of Tina Fey? I love Tina Fey. Yeah. 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 I am a fan of like, well, I love 30 Rock, right? It's like the show that I'm currently rewatching in my background as I'm like changing and stuff. And it's such a, it's so good. Like even Eddie will catch himself just sitting down and watching episodes when I have him on in the background. Uh, it's she. I I I love her in that. I love her every time she makes appearances as Sarah Koenig on Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> yes, when right. she popped up in that show, I was immediately and it was laughing. such a good like mm. impression of Sarah Koenig too. Like yes. <laughs> yes. the character. Uh, I don't know. I feel like she's very sticky, but mm. she sticks to her sticks. That she knows uh, have good payoffs, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But I also liked her in that movie with Amy Poehler uh, about the sperm donor. Baby Mama. Baby Mama. I actually did like Baby Mama. I know a lot of people didn't. I actually, I laughed. I chuckled. I, I, I watched it. Because I also like Amy Poehler. Yeah, I also like Amy Poehler, too. Oh, yeah, when they hosted the Golden Globes. Yeah, they're wonderful. They're too. hilarious. They should host more things because mm-hmm. they really are hilarious. Um, I think you're right that she sh- sticky but it works mm-hmm. i have a real fondness for a lot of women who debuted and got their start on saturday night live uh before her like with molly shannon mm-hmm. after her kristen wig and uh some of the newer people too i just i don't know i think that especially that group that she was with with amy poehler and maya rudolph mm-hmm. i they've got it for me they just can do anything and make me laugh there is something that feels very uh, true about them too, or genuine, which is mm-hmm. interesting for comedy, and yeah. yeah, just like old reliable kind of a thing. So I, too, am a big Tina Fey fan. I haven't read her book. I kind of want to read, like, listen to her audiobook though, because that would be great to hear her say it. But I think she's hilarious. Right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, Mark Waters directed this. Mark Waters directed Freaky Friday. He oh, most recently directed. Uh huh. He worked with Lindsay. I think he's also was like one of the people who said we should get Lindsay Lohan to be in this. Uh, he did. He's all that. Remember when we covered that two years ago, guys? He's all that. He did. That's right. He did. Uh-huh. He's all that. That's what a fall from grace that was. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, he's an assignment director, I guess. So, uh, okay. So Mean Girls, Katie, right? Homeschool student comes into this high school. And gets befriended by Janice Ian, who is based off of whose name comes from an old folk artist. Um, and Damien. Yeah. And they're kind of the outcasts. They're the art kids, the queer kids, which back in the day was not cool. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool now. In 2004, right. when I was in high school, it was not cool to be those things. Even though no, in the original, I'm so sorry, Janice is not queer. So um, I'm just referring to Damien when I say that. Oh, did you say she was? I, did, I missed that. I'm sorry. No, she was. I guess I she, referred to both of them as such. Um, she was heteronormative. Yes. And they explained to her that she needs to stay away from the plastics, the cliques, headed heralded by Queen Bee, Regina George. But then mm-hmm. they decide, after the plastics are like, you should come sit with us, that they should kind of devise a plan to get to know more about the plastics and also do a whole yeah. revenge plot against yeah. particularly Regina George. The plastics being Regina George, Gretchen Wieners, and Karen Smith, played right. by um, Lacey Chabert, Amanda Seyfried, and Rachel McAdams, who, by the way, I think <laughs> is an amazing performance. 
as Regina George. To me, a really good performance is when you forget that they played that character. When I think of Rachel McAdams, I don't often remember that she was Regina George because to me, like, she just disappeared in that role. Yeah. But that was also like a really early Rachel McAdams role. So do you think that has something to do with that? It could be. It could also be the wig. It could be a lot of things, but it's just so different. Like, I feel like Rachel McAdams has become somewhat typecast uh, later on in her career. I think she had more differentiating roles. Time travelers? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she made two movies like that. Three. Uh, there have been three movies where she did. There's uh, been three? Had, there's been three. The Time Traveler's Wife. No. The Time Traveler's Wife? That was her, uh-huh. right? Yeah. yeah. Time, okay. yeah. About time. time. About Time. About Time. That's the film. Okay. And then uh, the the Marvel movie that she did, he he can manipulate time and stuff, so he does a Time Traveler. Uh, oh, my strange. gosh. Poor Rachel McAdams. I don't know why she just, I guess she's got that down. Yeah. Um. Yeah, romance. Romantic comedies and stuff. And also just, I don't know. I think she's getting a little typecasted and I think she should be given more diverse roles. And I think that if you look at what she can do in Mean Girls, that's evidence to see that she can do it. So I think she does a fucking great job as Regina. She does. This- I don't know. I, I mean, it's funny. I only think of her in the romance comedy, in the romance, not even comms. They're, they're just in the romance stories, like The Notebook obviously comes mm-hmm. to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And I loved her so much in, in About Time, though. I did. I But I also just love that movie in general. Yeah, uh, I've never seen that one. We saw Time Traveler's Wife for the podcast, but we did. Uh, I love her in this lesbian movie called Disobedience, where she's with oh. Rachel Weiss, which is hot. Oh, uh-huh. <clears throat> anyway, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel action. So Katie becomes smitten with a boy named Aaron Samuels, who just so happens to be Regina's ex boyfriend, and mm-hmm. when. Regina says that she'll hook up Katie with Aaron, but then actually steals Aaron back. Katie just loses her mind and kind of catapults the rest of the story into motion, which is a really, really long winded revenge plot slash also her becoming very much intoxicated with being popular, with being plastic and losing sight of who she really is. Mm -hmm. When it comes to performances, what do you guys think of what Lindsay Lohan does in this movie? Uh, Like in, in, in the Mean Girls 2004? Mm-hmm. she's good she was able to play kind of that like shy girl really well and then when they gave her the va va like outfits and stuff right the lip gloss and the like the teased hair uh, she quickly embodied that really well like being the queen bee and yeah I, I liked her performance a lot in this yeah. film and she was good she was good I think her performance is really understated. I think that all of the progressions her character makes feel very natural. Mm -hmm. Um, From being completely clueless in the beginning to being a little bit more aware of things but naive and then to being just completely lost in it. It doesn't feel like, whoa, her character just switched. Like like you see those beats happen, which is crazy because she's not doing anything crazy here she's not you know being asked to do so much as an actor but what she does do she does believably Mm -hmm. um and uh what about you eddie oh i loved i loved her i loved her in this in this role um i've i've had seen like you know i'm not gonna lie i've seen most of her stuff Mm -hmm. like as her as a little kid and growing up and stuff um Parent trip. And I loved, yeah, Parent Trap. I loved uh, Freaky Friday. Yeah, that was just awesome. Um, I've never seen Freaky Friday. It's so good. It's really? so good with Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. So good. I figured at this point I'm just gonna wait until it inevitably gets remade. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then we have to do it and again. For the podcast, yeah. Again. For the podcast. Uh, no, yeah. I, re- I really thought that she she uh, gave me that whole transformation. Yes. Absolutely. That, that, that story arc of transforming from one version of like naive girl to popular girl to enlightened girl if you can say that yeah so i would i would completely agree i think that the performances in this movie all around are pretty pretty great i think the girl who plays janice is fantastic lizzie uh, Lizzie kaplan who we covered in fatal attraction Uh, and party down oh yeah sorry yes and party down Daniel Frances, who does Damien, hilarious. Yeah. Amy Poehler, who makes a brief role in this, is has some of the most iconic lines from this movie. She, she's so memorable. Yes. Yeah. I'm, like I'm not a I'm not a normal mom. I'm a cool mom. Her like recording her daughter at the uh, doing the 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 dance. Yeah. Jingle bell rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just absolutely. You kids keep me young. So many She's good so lines. Good. Like true. I mean, that's and that's that's a great marker for a movie to have such a small character be so memorable. Like even that small, mm-hmm. inconsequential character is so memorable in this film. Absolutely. Even the principal, though Tim Meadows, as the principal, had some like good lines. Like, yeah, I know. The only the only one who wasn't given as much to do comically was Anna Gasteyer, who plays her mom. Um, oh, she had more of a serious role. Like, but you love Lady Black Mom, Lady Blacksmith Mumbabo, uh, Mumbazo. You know that that throwaway. That's like little. There's a the way she just read that line. So like, yeah. Perfectly when Lindsay Lohan's character Katie didn't want to go to the Lady Smith Black Mumbazo character, uh, uh, a concert. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it it's just so. It, see, I had trouble pronouncing it, but she says it so like direct, so like. Uh, so nonchalantly it was just it d- delivered such great comedy so yeah yeah i mean this movie has become i don't even think it's like a cult anymore i think it's just so critically acclaimed it's one of i think the most quoted movies mm-hmm. especially for the millennials uh i mean the fact that i think it's october 3rd mm-hmm. is national mean girls day just because that line on october on 3rd. october 3rd he asked me what day it was it's october 3rd and they made it even a meta reference in the new one. Uh, Glenn Coco is another one. She doesn't even you go, go here. Like, you, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Like, there's just so many lines from this film. That so just... many lines, yeah. Fetch. So um, even Mariah Carey began her song, and I was like, why are you so obsessed with me? Direct line from Mean Girls, right? Right. So it's very much become, in the past 20 years, embedded in our pop culture. But I actually think that, unlike some other movies, um that some of the messages at the end of this movie are pretty strong. You know, like, why do we treat each other this way? Like, when she gives her speech, uh, when she wins, what is it? Not She's not prom queen. Spring spring, 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 fling, spring queen. fling queen. Yeah. And, you know, she's talking about how it's not really important that she won because everyone's kind of wonderful in their own ways, and she cuts it up and she gives it to everyone. You know, that's a really impactful message, especially for young people. And, right? I because mean, this the, whole movie is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I agree with you, but I think the third act of the film has actually a lot of those moments, like when Tina Fey, the teacher, she brings all the students together and is like, "Who here has ever felt, you know, 
uh, who he, which girl here has ever talked about, has ever been talked about, raise your hand. And then, you know, follow it up with like, who here has ever talked about their friend behind their back, right? And they all raise yeah. their hands, they all laugh. And But I think more importantly, it's just like, guys, we cannot, uh, we can't go around calling each other bitches and sluts because that just makes it okay for the men to do. Like that whole monologue, that whole scene yeah. is impacted in my brain. And it was just handled so well because it, you're being lectured. You are. You were being lectured by a teacher literally in the scene, and yet it works. It's still so impactful for this film. Followed up by the the mathlete scene where Lindsay Lohan's internal monologue reveals that she why am I talking about her hair? Like we're here for a math contest. Like you mm-hmm. know, like this is why am I focusing on these little things? Right? It, the whole third act, which is all full of the moral and the heart, is impactful because it is so well written. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. And it's like those little moments when uh, Katie goes up there, and the hilarious thing is that this doesn't require that you give a speech. She gives a speech anyway because everybody <laughs> hates her. Thinks that she threw Regina in front of a bus, which I remember seeing that for the first time, and I was like, oh, like, oh man, I cannot. I still remember a lot yeah. of watching this movie for the first time. But you know, she makes girls feel seen in that speech where she's like, you know, your hair looks really pretty. You must have worked all night on it, or like that dress is amazing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like bringing, you know, putting a spotlight on everyone, not just the few, uh, which is, I think, really important because a lot of teenagers feel unseen and feel unheard. So I thought it was I every time I revisited, it, it's actually oddly emotional because I'm like, wow, this really works overall. Like whatever it's going for in terms of the messaging, like it still hits me. Mm-hmm. Um, in my feels. But also, I think that we have a very unique relationship with this movie because we were the age of these characters when this movie came out. We were definitely the target audience at that point. We were the target audience, you know? Despite not seeing it in theaters, at least for you and me, Nicole, uh, mm-hmm. it like still left like a lasting impact. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was a sophomore. I was pretty much in the same grade as these characters mm-hmm. that year. And... It's insane because in a lot of ways, I didn't think that this movie felt very dated. But watching what they did with this new movie, I was like, wow, some of this did need to be changed. Updated, sure. Mm-hmm. And updated. Uh, is there anything you want to say Any a uh, little bit more about the original before we kind of dive into this new one? <sighs> what? I mean, there are things about the original that I want to say, but in reference to the remake, right? Mm, so mm-hmm. I mean, so we gushed, might as well, yeah. We've, yeah, we've gushed so much over the original because the original one is lovely. It's a wonderful film. It's one of those films that have just become, like you mentioned, it is just part of pop culture now. It is not a cult film. It is not like it is like just one of those like classic quintessential like teen movies. Like Breakfast Club was for the eighties. This is just one of those defining teen films. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so uh, just to. Give a little backstory to Mean Girls was turned to a musical that debuted in Broadway in 2018. So it's a very recent piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book was written by Tina Fey. So Tina Fey has been involved in every iteration of this. Yeah, and her husband. Uh, and her husband wrote the music with uh, lyrics by Nell Benjamin. I think it got a couple of nominations for Tony Awards. I don't think it won anything it was met with very mixed reviews but it was successful and it only closed because of the pandemic oh is that why it closed? i was wondering like why did it close so it closed because mm-hmm. of the pandemic i had friends yeah. who have seen it and they loved it oh actually mackenzie green who was supposed to be on this episode but could not uh take time for it unfortunately but she loved i remember she's raved about the musical and she was very excited to see what they were going to do with the film version so 
yeah if she's listening you know send us an email with your thoughts on the the, the musical uh that we just all saw yeah some people aren't really like into like say like more like poppy musicals that sound more like modern day pop musicals uh mm-hmm. pop music and that's what they did they updated it and they made it something that's like what kids would listen to in high school Mm-hmm. So of course you're going to get people divided on it. Wait, but... Actually, wait, pause before we go forward. There's another Rachel McAdams musical coming out. You know that, right? The Notebook. The Notebook. The musical. Can you believe? I know. I've actually heard okay things about it. By the way, I, do you think <laughs> it's going to get the motion picture treatment? Also, though. Ooh, it depends on how successful it is. I guess we'll see. Like, yeah, because like, you yeah, know, like we covered last week. Last time it was uh, the color purple, so it's just like, oh, True. maybe. Soon enough, we'll be covering The Notebook, the music. Well, what's the company who um, distributed uh, The Notebook? Because if it's Paramount, then we're certainly getting one. Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> if it was Paramount, we knew it would happen. Uh, speaking of Paramount, they've just you know been trying to make Paramount Plus, Paramount Plus happen. Mm-hmm. They've been trying to make Fetch happen. And so they've just been doing constant updates to some of their most prolific properties. So it was only a matter of time until they would get to Mean Girls. And they decided instead of it being a remake, smartly, that they should just update the Broadway musical to a film. Right. And so this film was originally supposed to just be on Paramount Plus, but because of really positive audience reactions, they released it in movie theaters. Wait, it was mm-hmm. only supposed to be a Paramount Plus original? Yep. That explains some things. Mm, that's yes opinion. actually i i'm wondering if we're on the same page there they did this with smile with the horror movie that came out not last year or two years ago oh, that so was supposed to be smile? something that smile was supposed to go straight to it this movie did not at times yeah this movie felt a little digital which is fine it is but... fine, especially considering the the way they decided to tell some of the story yeah but i'm okay with that but that's not the digital feel isn't what was driving me crazy all right, I'll just say it. it was a color grading was driving me crazy in this film. Really? It was too huge. It was a way too huge pink. <laughs> and I understand like everything, every, you know, all the way the fashion was, which is the other thing that was irking me. Like the fashion just did not give. It wasn't serving. It was just there. It felt very fast fashion and it was driving me crazy. Like it did not. It looked it looked cheap. Mm, interesting. Now knowing that this was supposed to be a straight to streaming movie that yeah. might explain why they were a little bit cheap on the fashion because the looks just did not slay and i was kind of upset about that well there's a lot of things that people didn't particularly know about this new movie apparently according to tiktok one of the biggest things is that people did not know that this was an adaptation of the broadway musical now to be fair mm-hmm. like we we have said privately maybe we've said this on the podcast They've recently been promoting a lot of musical films without including the fact that they're musicals in the trailer. Um, Wonka did this. The Color Purple. We talked about it with Color Purple. Color Purple did this. And Mean Girls, I guess, one extent or another, did this. They I guess, know. I don't they know. Did it. it was <laughs> no extent. That's like, the thing. You look at those trailers, like, you would not I know. see dancing, so for me, as a musical fan, but I also think I just, like, was aware that this was happening, I put two and two together. But, you know, it's very much a thing. People were like, what they were shocked. Oh, you weren't. Oh, I was aware there was going to be a musical because we covered it on the news, and that was like what was announced is like an adaptation of the Broadway musical. Yeah, yeah. When we covered so. it, so I knew going in like this was going to be a musical. Mm-hmm. I, at no point did I forget when we saw the trailer, but our my friends did because I was with them at the theater, and one of them was convinced that they were just doing a like a uh, a revival. 
Like, it was gonna oh, be really? Girls. Yeah, so he, he thought that it was just Mean Girls, but it's going to be, like, almost like a new generation, right? Uh, and then I was like, no, it's a straight-up remake. He's like, wait, they're remaking it already? I'm like, yeah, but it's a musical. He's, his reaction is just like, wait, they're making it a musical? And I'm like, because it was on Broadway. And I was just like... It was on Broadway? Like, yeah. <laughs> who was this? Who did? Who had no idea? Uh, it was Hogwarts of the Pot. Okay. I'm not putting people on blast. <laughs> not for our fans. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, guys, if you're listening to this and you want to know how it is and you don't know that it's a Broadway musical, know that it's an adaptation of the Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. So, which is a very important uh, distinction. But in a lot of ways, it's very much the same movie. I mean, it has Tina Fey and Tim Meadows reprising their roles, which didn't you kind of expect that there would be a little bit more cameos than just like, well, the big one at the end, but. All right, all right, all right, yeah. So who I expected to make a cameo? Mm -hmm. Uh, I expected uh, Amy Poehler to make a cameo. Same. I expected uh, maybe Rachel McAdams or Amanda Seyfried. Or Lacey Chabert. Now, Rachel McAdams wants nothing to do with Mean Girls for some reason. She participates in nothing about it. So she wasn't in the commercial for Walmart? She was not in the commercial. Oh, yeah. That Walmart commercial kind of... I mean, we should have talked about that because that was a reunion everyone wanted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Granted, everyone was like digitally superimposed. (laughs) Like they were together. Yeah. (laughs) But it still works. Seriously. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she didn't. She was like, she's... She's done with the role and she has no in- interest in, I guess, coming back for it. That bums me out. Like, you know, like. Because what is she ashamed of it? She was excellent in this movie. Not only was she excellent, but like, it's such a memorable. It's so iconic. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be, I think this is going to be one of the big roles that she's going to be remembered for. And yet, for some reason, she just wants to differentiate herself. I don't know what it is, but she just chooses not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know of any bad blood or anything, but she just chooses not to. So none of them. None of them make an appearance except for the very end. We get a Lindsay Lohan cameo, which my audience gasped when they saw her. Our, we didn't have much of an audience. Oh. Uh, uh, so, yeah. No, we Mine didn't. Mine was packed. Mine was packed on President's Day when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, Me and Eddie were like allowed to just talk very loudly, which I usually find rude, obviously, but there was no one literally around us. <laughs> like, nice. We okay. We to like, kind of like have, like if it was our living room. Uh, and there were people all the way in the back row. They were like, you know, they were like loud with their laughs and stuff whenever laughs. So I didn't hear any gasps, though. Me mm. and Eddie did gasp, though. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay Lohan's cameo deserved a gasp. So, well, so according to an interview that she did, this Lindsay, Rachel, no Rachel, no Rachel McAdams, explained in Variety was um she wasn't too excited at the fact that it was a commercial reunion. Oh, she, that she makes said, sense. She said she would have been open. A movie would have. She's quote a movie sounded awesome, but I, I but I've never done commercials, and it just didn't feel like my bag. Um, and also she wasn't aware that everybody else was doing it. I guess she wasn't informed of that until after the fact that she found out that the other actresses were involved. The one, to be honest, yeah. the one who was most surprised was actually in the commercial was. Amanda Seyfried, because she's mm. been I'm Oscar nominated right at this point, right? Uh, I think she has. I'm pretty sure she's been, I, I, I don't remember for what, but she's been Oscar nominated. So I, for her to do a Walmart commercial blows my mind because it's just like, you know what I mean? Like That would be True. the equivalent of like Meryl Streep doing a commercial for like Uber Eats. <laughs> Meryl Streep. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's really generous of you. <laughs> To compare her to the Meryl Streep status. No, um, no, no, but I'm just saying. 
Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and so I don't think she has been nominated for an Oscar, but I mean, she's her career has skyrocketed. She has. She's in, oh, maybe I'm thinking of the Emmy. She's definitely been nominated for Emmys. She's definitely been nominated for okay. Emmys. Yes, <clears throat> I think but maybe. She... No, wait, she got. You're right. She got the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in Mank. Oh, see, I knew she was a uh, uh, yeah. had Oscar. There you go. There you go. Uh, she was in Mamma Mia. She was one of, I think, the highest grossing musical ever at this point. She really? was in Jennifer's Body. She was in Les Mis. Um, she was in Big Love, that television show. I didn't know that she was in Big Love. But yeah, yeah no, she was I mean, the Big point Love. is yeah. she is prolific also as an actress, yeah. which who would have mm-hmm. thought, right? Like that uh, Karen was going to be like the big like award winner out of this group of women. And uh, and now here she's doing a Walmart commercial because that's what this was. It was a reunion for a Walmart commercial. So seriously, wild. Yeah. I think the what's what's the last thing you saw Rachel McAdams in? Was it Doctor Strange? I guess. Yeah, Doctor Strange. I think the, it was the yeah. last Doctor Strange that came out. She's also in that um, that movie. Hello, God. It's Margaret. Oh, oh right. are you there, God? It's me. I've heard yes, that's actually yes, quite yes. good. I want to see yes, that movie. I have heard. I'm surprised so. you haven't seen it. Maybe I'll choose it for Movie Club. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the people who are in this movie instead of talking about the people who are not. So, as Katie Heron, we have um, Angry Rice. I think I'm saying her name right. I thought it was Andrew. Andrew Rice. There we go. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, just... I'm not. Yeah, I'm... I'll take your word for it. Uh, we also have Renee Rapp as Regina yeah, George, who I didn't know was a huge star. My girlfriend had to fill me in on everything about her. Wait, is she um, a huge star? I know that she originally was the original Regina George in the Broadway so musical. She wasn't the original, but she did oh, play she Regina George on Broadway. She like won a there's like a, an award show for theaters, um, uh-huh. theater productions in high school. She won that, got a full scholarship to go to the best theater program in the country and then like totally bounced so that she can record a studio album and then got on Mean Girls on Broadway. And so she's a recording artist and she's been on Broadway and yeah, she's like, she just was the musical guest at Saturday Night Live. So apparently she's also in that uh, other Max show, the sex lives of college girls. Yes. So she's, I mean, she's putting herself out there and it's working. Um, So I think she'll be a star, I guess. Uh, We have, um, I, I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but, Ali Carvalho? Auli? Uh, Auli Carvalho? Oh, wait. Now, is she the one who did the voice for Moana? That's what I was told. Yes. <gasps> I thought she... I loved her voice in this movie. So I kept mm-hmm. telling the Eddie, like, Eddie, like, Janice Ian is stealing the show. And someone informed me today that, oh, that's Moana. And I was like, what? Like, that's the yeah. voice of Moana. I'm just like, no fucking way. Yep. And, yeah, like, I... Okay, go on. I'm gonna. There's a lot of gushing I want to do about this movie. <laughs> so we have Jacquel Spevy as Damien, mm-hmm. who was in a strange loop that won the Tony uh, in 2022 for best musical. Okay. We have uh, Avantika or Avantika as Karen, a member of the Plastics, mm-hmm. and BB Wood as Gretchen Wieners, who oh, we know her from uh, Love Victor. Oh, you do? Okay, so yeah. is she Latina? I uh, do not know. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a shock. <laughs> that in was that a, movie. Yeah, that was a little bit like with Abuelito, just like, what? Like, really? Um, oh, yeah, and then we have Christopher Brinney as Aaron Samuels, who 
couple of girls in my audience were head over heels in love with this guy. Shut up. You shut up right now. <laughs> Don't you give me that shit. He looks like a fucking zombie. <laughs> they were they were audibly making comments about this man. No fucking it was, way. It, to me, it was hilarious. I kept turning to my girlfriend. I'm like, is this happening? What so is she, wrong with she our She is a uh, Cuban. Oh, is she Cuban? She's Cuban heritage. She was oh, born wow. in she's Kansas City. Kansas City, Cuban Missouri, American. but she's uh, Cuban heritage. That's awesome. Nice. I didn't know that. I, okay. okay. No, there was no reference outside of her saying abuelito, but I had no point of reference. I was like, what? I was so yeah. confused yeah, um, same. about that. Not because she's white passing, because like I know you can't be white passing and very Latino, but like there was other than that, like I had no clue why they said that, so I was confused yeah. by that. All right, Same. thank you, Eddie, for that update. I'm going back to Christopher Briney. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Like girls are? I don't. What is wrong with youth nowadays? Because you know who else was considered a heartthrob at one point? That zombie-looking kid from uh, uh, Stranger Things. Mm, which one? The one who ends up with uh, Will's sister. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, F. Oh God, I yeah, I don't remember his name. I, I know who you're talking about. Him. Yeah. Oh, I also, don't understand. The other, yeah. the scars guard who plays it is also considered a heartthrob. And it's like, and when you see him outside of makeup, it's just like, bro. Like, have yeah. you seen the other scars guards? Yeah, I don't know. Like guys with like droopy faces are like really in right now. Like I Jeremy Allen White, you know. This is, is going to get me canceled. Like I'm going to get so yeah. much hate. Yeah, you are. So much. <laughs> hate. I know we shouldn't be talking so about. We can't hate. objectify women. I think it's still okay to objectify men. I stand by that. <laughs> I, I just it it is true. I I did not find him any bit good looking. I thought, he, and yeah. I felt and I felt he almost looked tired. Mm. You know. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. was kind of tired, droopy. Like he had that Riverdale, uh, twenty-year-old look. He's what like I feel the cast of Riverdale would look like. Like if you were casting someone in Riverdale, you know how like you cast like older people to play younger, right? Yeah, he does not look mm-hmm. like a high school student. Mm-hmm. And so like, but like he also doesn't look like hot like the Riverdale cast. So it'd be like, okay, so you're clearly sick. That's what you're going to be playing—a sick character of some sort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Um... <laughs> Jenna Fisher plays Katie's mom, who the father gets eliminated, so she just has one parent, which actually okay. kind of works better. Um, okay. There's more of that like direct relationship that you know she kind of lacks. And then, casting, though, because like she looks so much like she looks like her, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like they look yeah. like a mother daughter. If you saw them, be like, oh, great. And honestly, Busy Phillips playing Regina's mom, also good casting. Look, also good look, casting. Yeah, yes, very related. Yes. So, and then, of course, Tina Fey and Tim Meadows reprise their roles as Mrs. Norbury and Principal Duvall. John Hamm plays Coach Carr. His role got reduced. Ashley Park plays um, the French teacher. And Megan the Stallion makes an appearance as herself Who in the social media. Who had my favorite throwaway line in the whole film. How do I get this off of my How do I get this off my algorithm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just swear to God. Yeah. That one line, like, had me in stitches. I'm just like, wow. Like, that just such a what a simple little line that just got thrown in there that was so hilarious. There was a few moments that honestly yeah, were yeah, really yeah, hilarious. In this. I I have to assume it's Tina Fey's writing again, right? Like yeah, when- Tina Fey just coming in clutch once again. Okay, can we talk about Damien's performance at the recital because oh, I was no. in stitches. One of my notes. 
so he's giving this French like sad slow song and then he's like thank you for that French rendition of the iCarly theme song <laughs> I could not believe it. Oh, that was so good. And then you're like, yeah, all he was saying was leave it all to me. Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. I'm crying right now laughing. It was, I was dying. I could not stop laughing. It was so good. It was so good. (laughs) Another moment I couldn't stop laughing was when Tina Fey psyched us out that she was going to sing a song. Yes. Yes. That's also on my notes. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Like these are like so actual funny. moments that made this film like actually feel like oh this is like a really good movie <laughs> like this is yes. just I thought it was gonna be like a kind of a I really went into this thinking this was gonna be like kind of a half-assed soulless musical mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I came out laughing and loving this film just like oh I kind of might rewatch mm-hmm. this again when it comes out to stream yeah. because yeah. it was so good. No, I actually really enjoyed it. My last favorite joke that I want to uh, point out and then kind of transition to a lot of the things that this movie did really right was that scene of Regina and Katie in the bathroom at the spring fling. Mm -hmm. Regina's all high on meds and stuff and they have a tender moment. Mm -hmm. He's like, I I guess I really was a bitch and I guess I was really terrible, you know, but you know what they would have called me if I was a man? And Katie goes, strong. She goes, Reginald. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a good one. Wait, I actually That was another, so funny. That was um, a great line. I do have another one, though. This was the rehashing of the iconic line that Amy Poehler gave. The update that they gave it was hilarious, which was, I'm not a regular mom. I'm at cool mom with six O's. I was just like, I could not stop laughing. because like, That's a very smart update to that joke. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. very, very timely. Great. Yes. So a lot of things get updated. Uh, there's some new jokes that are just freaking hilarious thrown in. But then they realized a lot of things that needed updating. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say maybe it didn't necessarily work in the original, but they were like, look, there's a lot of one white people. Yes. So they diversified the cast. Um, they made Janice officially queer because I yes. think they like tried to, they kind of, all signs were pointing to that, but then it was like, no, yeah. no, she can't be queer. She was just yeah, being an asshole calling her a dyke. So- yeah. Yeah. And there was like no, it actually like Janice being queer and then like like claiming her identity as a queer person proudly was I was like I didn't know I needed this mm-hmm. like that was fantastic having these scenes between Regina and Katie too kind of letting Regina realize you know the fault in her ways because after she gets hit by a bus we never hear Regina talk again in the original movie if you think about it I didn't realize that you're right because then she just becomes yeah. uh she's uh, just there smiling. Yeah, and then she becomes a... a, a lacrosse a player? A lacrosse player, yeah. Right, and we just part. see her aggressive on the field, and she has new friends now as a lacrosse player, but then that's it. Which so, is interesting, because I thought... I did think that maybe they were going a slightly different route in this film, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Just remind me. And then at the end, too, it's like... So everything within this movie... It all kind of uh, boils over, you know, Katie takes the blame for the burn book. She hurts all these people and then she redeems herself at the spring fling. But like the first thing that she does is get with Aaron in the original movie. Whereas in the new movie, the first thing that she does is make amends with Janice Mm -hmm. and with Damien, which Mm -hmm. I was like, again, that needed to happen. The friendship was more important than the stupid boy at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so it was like those little things that I was like really excited to see, I guess, because 
even though I wouldn't say that it was a something that was wrong with the original film, and I think the original film still works, that's why we remake films, right? That's why we kind of revisit things to see how things would play a little differently if we did things slightly differently. We don't want shot for shot remakes, at least. I don't want shot for shot remakes. Mm-hmm. Nope. Um and and seeing the different emotional reactions that and get like, you know, enticed out of you makes you realize, yeah, what the story might have lacked or or just how differently it, it makes you feel when it's taken in a different way. So I really appreciated that about this. Some of the other things I noticed in terms of the changes they made that were kind of important in retrospect mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. they omitted the storyline of the two girls that are also hooking up with the coach for very obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, while it was a funny joke in our youth, obviously we know mm, this is still this is we're still joking about sexual assault or a form of it. And the other major change that I also noticed in the film was they gave an actual place, an uh, actual place to where Katie is coming from. She's no longer just the girl from Africa. She's very specifically the girl from Kenya because Africa is a continent that has many different cultures, (laughs) many different countries. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, all we're just doing when we say, oh, she's from Africa. The joke there is just she's from a black country continent and she's a white girl right that's even what i don't they they omitted that joke it's like why are you white you know it's like you can't say that yeah mm-hmm. which is a funny joke mm-hmm. but obviously they took it out uh yeah yeah and and um, karen and karen's the character karen and her ability to tell the weather by her breast yeah they also got eliminated that, so yeah they, they took that out yeah which i was very much happy about that and the f- original film, even though that's part of it and it's kind of the point, was a little bit segregated. Like, it's like, oh, here's a map of all of the things, the, the smart Asians, uh, you know, the weird queers or whatever. Like, they kind the of black kids. Yeah, they kind of downplayed that, which was also pretty good. And if yeah, you they- noticed in the burn book, Genesee in the original, they were like dyke, whereas they completely took that out and they called her Les. A and they also Les. didn't call her a whore. She's a yeah. big uh fugly cow i was a little upset about that because it's just like come on that's such an iconic line that's my favorite yeah. one of my favorite memes to see on the other uh, on the on like computers right like uh the first time i saw it was like when they took the picture of donald trump and they put it in the bird book be like you cannot trust this fugly whore <laughs> yeah that's great <laughs> um this movie's doing very well this movie oh i'm was, glad i mean it had a 36 million budget and so far it's made 66 million at the box office cool so i think it's well on its way to at least recuperating itself um i think that word of mouth is getting along people are now starting to like realize it's musical like nobody in my theater was surprised by the fact that it was a musical so that was great and speaking of the musical what'd you guys think of the fact that it was a musical what'd you think of the musical numbers i thoroughly enjoyed these musical numbers i look at it he's such a fan i I ate them up i ate them up like popcorn it was delicious let me just say my favorite or at least the one that just like haunts me is the hot the one at the halloween party well that was so well done wait wait someone gets hurt or sexy they're both good I'll be honest. Like those are my two favorite musical numbers. The one that Regina's singing. Yeah, someone gets hurt. That one someone easily hurt, was. Yeah. That was such a. But it was like so well orchestrated, and she's so sexy, so devious, 
and mm-hmm. the musical number itself, like the way they did the lighting, the way they did like yes. the, the dramatic like freezing with the character, it was great. It had yeah. like yeah. Sort of it had like this euf- musical number. euphoria touch to it, mm-hmm. you know, the coloring and um, with the bisexual the, lighting, yeah. But the way she moves, move through that was mesmerizing. I was just like, yeah, this this character, this is stealing the show. I thought like moment is like, this is like Regina's movie. You know, this is Regina's mm-hmm. story. Really. Yeah, Renee Rapp really makes Regina her own character. She um, really does in a really, really wonderful way. Eddie had noticed how Eddie's Eddie had noticed that I didn't notice, but I after thinking about it, it's true. When you compare the women, the girls in this movie, all these women are not waif like, right? They all kind of have. They're all a lot thicker than like the girls that we mm. have seen in the original yeah. Mean Girls. Uh, and there was something about Renee Rapp's look that was just so mesmerizing because she had a very Anna Nicole-esque energy in like the best way possible though. Especially in that musical number the Someone Gets Hurt. Uh, but I just want to go back to the previous one. The musical number right before that one, Sexy was so good because that one easily I thought uh, up until this point in the film all the musical numbers had been kind of from the point of view of uh of Katie's head, right? We even got that funny scene where like Katie's like daydreaming in the musical number, and then we get the reaction from the students looking at her weird because <laughs> she's just like being just weird by herself singing. Uh, so yeah. and I like that, right? Because that was one of my complaints of the color purple. It couldn't figure out if all these musical numbers were just like in their heads or were they like actually happening in like the real world. Here, this movie kind of settled on these are all musical numbers that are occurring in Katie's head, and mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that it kind of stuck to that kind of theme throughout most of the film. Sexy was the first song that kind of broke out of that because we're just getting Karen singing a song about being like sexy and stuff. And I thought it was going to be, oh, this is kind of silly. But then as, uh, what's it called? As this musical number grew and you see more phones and you see like more so the theme of like kind of social media playing into effect and you're just following her on that tracking scene. Uh, wonderfully, wonderfully choreographed. I'm just like, you know what? This song was fucking kick ass. It was a fucking great musical number in my opinion. I agree. Um, uh, I do sexy. think there was like an energy shift after that number because mm-hmm. also it's so well edited. Uh, it is. This, yeah. This movie was edited by Andrew Marcus, who's just been an editor for like 30 years. And he really, I think, used the social media aspects of this really well. He did. Um, no, truly. I mean, yeah, they played around with uh, the, the, they used social media very smartly in a way that like yeah. felt very organic to the story without feeling like they're just like cramming it in. Absolutely. And uh, I I truly, truly love that. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is that they had to update it and they had to incorporate that, something that wasn't in the original film, but it actually felt really organic to the story. Mm-hmm. And it actually really helped, like, transitions along. Like, when Katie's getting a little too much into it, you know, or, like, Katie becomes now the popular girl, uh, the head honcho at school. Like, using it as a transition in those brief, you know, really well-edited pieces... Mm-hmm that show you things because of your feed was just really smart. Which is funny um, because they, and they did, cause they hand, they did the same thing that the other film did, right? They just did it in a different way. So like you mentioned, the social media feed, they are those transitions in the original film. They were like the interviews, like the standalone, like interviews with like the people talking to the camera, like mm-hmm. uh, Katie Herring wore 
uh, wore uh, her hair in a bun, so I wore my hair. That kind of stuff, right? Yeah, the yeah. People talking about what they know about these girls. Well, now by incorporating social media, well, that makes more sense. Like it kind of becomes like, oh, this is this must be. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not in high school, but like, I wonder if this is what high school is really like. Like in terms of like how people get their information, and it has to be right, like on some degree. Mm-hmm. Or at least mm-hmm. that is how it is like we imagine it. But there were so many good musical numbers. I just want to just give a couple shout outs. The musical number with Regina, Meet the Plastics, where we first meet Regina. So here we go. Here's where I thought maybe this movie was going to go a different route. I thought the way Katie was looking at Regina, it was going to be a lesbian kind of maybe ending that we would get out of it <laughs> slightly. Right, uh-huh, uh-huh. because she was so hypnotized, and like the way it kept cutting back and forth to like her, her the way she's looking to like in the real world and like in the, in the musical number, I was just like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna are they hinting that she might have feelings for Regina? Like that'd be an interesting twist for if by the end of it they didn't go that route. They they didn't know, yeah, Aaron. But I was curious if they were gonna go that route. Uh, but that number was good. Apex Predator was a good number. Yeah, uh, the revenge party was my was such a like my like what a fun number that was it was they just had like a lot of songs here that i i I found myself liking i haven't downloaded them yet i did consider downloading them that's great Uh, but i i did really really find myself like thoroughly enjoying this and again i actually do think i i think the young woman who played katie was great but this was an instance where the, the 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 peripheral characters they were so good that I don't I'm not saying that she got washed away she did not but like mm. damn did those fucking per, uh, other characters really fucking just like mesmerize I'm Janice Ian and and Regina they were so good Damien was great like yeah. it was just like it was just like just I I I hate how much I like this movie because I really thought it was gonna be like miserable. I mean, I, yeah, I I remember walking into the theater and my girlfriend was like, this is going to suck, you know, and we both and walked out like, yeah, this that was enjoyable. Like, I genuinely enjoyed myself. And I think that in comparison to last week's episode, when we did The Color Purple, I think that these filmmakers who are this is their first film, Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez. Wow. Uh, this is their feature film directorial debuts. I think they understood how to adapt a musical a little bit better than last week's filmmaker did. Mm-hmm. So lots of long shots and stuff, uh, lots of yep. multicam and whatnot, but still, I think it worked. And I know there's a lot of hate right now going on in TikTok with the girl who played Katie Heron. There's a lot of comparisons to the Broadway actress's voice um, compared to the fact that uh, Angry Rice just doesn't have that kind of a Broadway belting voice, which feels a little unfair. I think sometimes people... Uh, want to hate on things but i also understand like you know oh you're hiring someone who can't even do this you know why can't you just hire someone who can yeah so it's... Well, i don't know i thought she was fine i thought i liked her i actually liked i liked her i thought lot. she was fine yeah yeah i don't think she was well you know what we should do and talk a little bit about some of these performances is we should do a lightning round okay fine but before going to the lightning round i do have some extra notes that i want to get uh, off my chest oh okay uh, I did think that the actors who played Karen in the first act of the film was way too cartoonish. And it was okay. driving me a little bit crazy up until the sexy number came up. And then from there, for some way, I don't know if it was just like I got used to her or that musical number just changed my opinion of her. But 
I, I I found myself like saying like, okay, I'm just accepting that this is the world we're in. But you didn't feel that that the uh, that she was just too cartoonish. Um, I just at first I didn't know how I felt about her performance, but I will agree that sexy was definitely a big turning number, a turning point for me. Mm-hmm. And I think truly one of the standout moments of the whole film. Like I think it was probably one of the best done numbers. So yeah. it was for sure. Uh, I did like the musical numbers a lot. I did feel, though, as a result, because they use the same dialogue at times from the film, I don't know if it was the performances, but, like, sometimes they felt inorganic, which I found weird because when comparing the original film and its dialogue, it feels snappy, it feels quick, it feels organic. And here in this film sometimes, I don't know if it was the performances or the way it was edited, it did not feel as organic. Mm. It, felt, it felt much more kind of, not phoned in, staged almost. Some of the dialogue. And I'm talking about the original yeah. dialogue from the original film. That was one of my things that I did catch myself like feeling sometimes. Um, usually, uh, usually the one at fault for this was B.B. Uh, uh, Wood, Gretchen. Mm. Her delivery sometimes were a little bit like, mm, it didn't feel, it didn't feel natural. Right? Like, they were just yeah. like, the lines almost felt like just being delivered. Uh and uh, what else? Oh, and uh, yeah, back to the last thing I will say about Aaron Samuels. So I <laughs> thought the reason this young man was cast as Aaron Samuels was because he had to do a musical number at one point, but he didn't. So we just, uh, you know, I'm going to do the search that we all deserve to find out if he himself is related to someone famous. <laughs> if he's a Nepo baby? Is he a Nepo baby? And it does not seem like he is. So there we go. Uh, he probably had some. What, oh wait, no, he's the son of actors. But... Yeah, I don't know which actors are. But <laughs> I'm sure he saying... came from money. Let's say that. I, I that was my thought. It's like, is he a nepo baby? Because that's the that's what it's giving. Yeah, right? and that's the last thing I will say about this guy. He was fine otherwise. I didn't like like in terms of performance, but like they kind of watered down Aaron Samuel's role a little. Probably, a little bit, yeah. Probably in retrospect, to the better of the story about girl power here. Yes, I would agree with that. So with the lightning round, why don't we start with Aaron Samuels? Yeah, Jonathan Bennett. Plus Jonathan Bennett's gay, so, you know. So, we, yeah, we love him. And um, <laughs> It's hard for me because I, it's hard for me to believe Jonathan Bennett as a straight guy in the original film, to be quite honest. <laughs> really? He, I, I didn't know he was gay. I, I just never really bought their romance. So when I found out he was, I was like, oh, maybe that's why. Interesting. Uh, so I don't know chem, no chemistry. Yeah. No, not a lot of chemistry there for me. Not at least as people who would date. Maybe I will go with the new Aaron. For shame. Eddie, do you have a choice? Uh, the old one. Old Aaron. Mm, Jonathan Bennett. Nice. Uh, I thought I would have made a cameo in this film, to be honest. I thought so too. I I literally thought there was going to be more cameos, but nope, not a lot. Maybe that they thought it would have been too much if they had done that, which I get. What about Regina's mom? Amy <sighs> Poehler or Busy Phillips? I might go with Amy Poehler. But I did. that's not to say I did not like Busy Phillips. I actually very, very much like Busy Phillips. Uh, yeah. I Busy Phillips, like... she had a hard job because Amy Poehler was pretty mm-hmm. freaking terrific in the original. Yeah. But yes. I liked how they made Busy Phillips characters be the one to tell her about the Calteen bars and stuff. Yes. 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 Like that was like a nice like change up uh and whatnot. But God, I mean Busy Phillips like 
Vizzy Phillips like character had much more was a sadder character. Mm. Like the way yeah. like, the stuff that she was saying was like way worse than the stuff that Amy Poehler's character <laughs> said. Yeah, yeah. No, that, for sure. But, oh, that's one of the things they cut out that uh, Regina had a little sister. Because uh, remember Regina's little sister like do the dance moves in front of the TV, uh, doing the girls gone wild flashing. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like they took that out because it's just like yeah, kind of not what a good message you want to give. I know, I know. I mean, the the message is, is that we're sexualizing children at even younger rates and stuff, but they had extra family members that they just wisely cut out because, mm-hmm. you know, time restrictions. Uh, I, too, will go with Amy Poehler. Scene yeah. stealer. Scene stealer. Scene st- for sure. Eddie? Yeah. You know, I love Amy Poehler. Oh, yeah. that's my other gripe yeah. with this film. Uh, that when Damien did the, uh, when the girls are doing the Santa Claus dance, but Damien's just like, thank you, next. You know, a reference to the music video, thank you, next, that was uh, Mean Girls inspired. I didn't think we need that because, like, Ariana Grande's thank you, next video wasn't that iconic. Let's not give her that much credit. Mm, okay. What do you think about all the meta elements, like the Glen Coco or October 3rd? No, I love those. Those were great. You love those, yeah. The Glen Coco, and we still don't see Glen Coco. What's I know. Great? Who is Glen Coco? Yeah. <laughs> that was... uh, Karen. Okay, I'm going to go, oh, damn, you know what? This might be a toss-up. This might be, I'm going to call a draw. There are things about Amanda Seyfried's character that I I liked, and I I think her performance was a little bit more nuanced than the new girl. But, man, that new girl's musical number just really... I I would say it's just like that was enough for me to say it's just like yeah you're you're great you are a star you have <laughs> you have that star quality yeah I don't know at times I felt like though the new girl was just doing an impersonation of Amanda Seyfried. yes that's what it was she was doing an impersonation of Karen yeah yeah you so, know what I think I'm gonna, I think you're right I don't, I might go with Amanda Seyfried I think that Amanda Seyfried's character choices as an actor were just so good that. You can I can't help but impersonate those choices she made. Uh, I think that Karen in this new movie proved to be a little bit of a better friend. Mm-hmm. Um, like when she sent Katie the text, they removed that whole three-way call, four-way call thing, which is such a shame because I, <laughs> I know oh, but that, the manipulation that of that. Anymore. I know that doesn't it, happen anymore because like of social media. Of like the screenshots sharing. Of That's like true. Conversations, you know what I mean? So That's true. That, I guess from a thematic point of view, like why that would be removed. That's a shame. That yeah, technology has cost us that right. That kind oh, of drama. kids will never know. But Karen um, ended up, you know, saying, "Oh, don't worry, I'm still your friend." Or maybe she wrote it wrong. I forgot what the joke there was. Freed. So you're free. Brian. Yeah, it's just something like that. Yeah, that's what it, the bomb read. Yeah. Um, Gretchen. Okay, I'm gonna go with Lacey Chabert. I have she... to go with Lacey Chabert as well. Yeah, Lacey was the better one, and I think that's probably. Mm, the performance just was a little bit too forced, in my opinion, where it wasn't. It didn't feel like Lacey Chabert was able to do those lines, the exact same lines, but with like actual conviction. And the new girl, I just feel like she could not. She did not. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. She Eddie, didn't deliver the same way, for sure. I would she agree. Did not. Uh-uh. She Eddie, didn't. your thoughts? I like BB Wood still. So, that's who you pick? No. But I like her. I'm not saying I like like her, her. but it was just like, yeah, but like we're gonna compare the original to this one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What about Damien? This is rough 
This is a tough yeah. one also, right? Because I think both are great. I think because of the iCarly musical number. Yeah. How <laughs> New Damien. Ridiculous. That's yeah. so Damien. Mm-hmm. I think New Damien wins this one. Yeah, I think just a little I don't know who did it, but um those little character choices that they did for Damien that just differentiated him a little bit from the last one really worked. Like when he struggled up to the party on an ECV. Um I don't know, the electric wheelchair that the scooter thing. Yeah. yeah. Um that was just wonderful that that's how he gets around but it also says so much you know like here she is throwing this big party and all these people are going to and he gets around on an ecb <laughs> it's just such a great character choice and he was able to really differentiate his performance from the one before him which is also quite iconic yeah so i'm gonna have to as much as i love daniel friends as in like oh such a great damien by an inch i'm gonna give it to the new one mm-hmm. and and Ian, I mean, Ian, Eddie, what about you? You're talking about Damien, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, new Damien. New Damien, love it. What about Janice? This is another rough one. Uh, I love Lizzie Kaplan's Janice. Same. But uh, the new actress who played Janice and the singing and, like, even being queer... Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna go with uh, New Janice, played by uh, Ioli Cravalho. Cravalho, yeah. Um, I kind of think that again, by an inch, I'm gonna have to give it to her as well. Uh, she comes off as less angry, yeah. but like also she's angry for very, very good reason in this mm-hmm. new one, and. But also like her, like when they're telling the story and she has like the mask to cover her face, but then like she takes it off and she's like, don't be sorry, get mad and all this stuff. Like just the pain that's within her really struck, I think, a little bit better for me um, Mm -hmm. in this one. Yeah. So whereas, I mean, I love what Lizzie Kaplan did, but the original Ian Janice was a little bit more spiteful. Yeah. Agreed. 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 Agreed, Eddie? Agree. Okay, so we're coming down to the top two. We got Regina and Katie. Who should we do first? Regina. All right, let's no, do it. You no, know what? Let's, let's do, do Katie. Katie. I think yeah. Katie's a little easier. Because <laughs> when it comes to Katie, for me, it's hands down Lindsay Lohan. Oh, yeah, for me as well, it is Lindsay Lohan. Again, not to diminish uh, Anjuri Rice's work here, because I think I thought yeah. she was really good. And that was... Because when you think of Mean Girls, you think of Lindsay Lohan. I I do immediately. Yeah. Right? So that no, was going to be sure. a hard bridge to cross, and I think she actually did it really well in a point where it was not she wasn't off putting, and uh, nor did she try to just like replicate what Lindsay Lohan did, and she couldn't. She so great. I think she did wonderfully, but Lindsay Lohan is still my Mean Girl. Yeah. At the end of the day, like she did an amazing job. Um, this is probably going to be the one that she's remembered for. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like we said she's believable and she's doing yeah. kind of like the bare minimum in acting and yet she does it fucking well yeah like her performance of Katie is really fantastic so yeah gotta give it to to the Lohan which then Eddie would you be in agreement with us of course I love yeah. Lindsay nice that's why we then... watch her reality TV show Lohan yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to play her music soon because I miss it. Which leads us to Regina George. Oh, no, this, this yeah, is the hard one. This is the hard one. 
Rachel Jason McAdams or Renee Rapp? Okay. I go. I'm just gonna rip that bandaid off. I'm going Renee Rapp. Yep, I me love too. it. Yes. Wow. I think, yes. Renee, like, look, I adore Rachel McAdams, Regina George, but man, this Renee Rapp as Regina George became such a different, differently realized character. Yeah. And I know I complained about the fashion because the fashion in this movie really just did not give me anything, but the costume for her in that Halloween costume was so beautiful. And, and she was just so, she, she has, again, just a, she's, she's a statuist person. There's something about when she walks into a room, it's like, she, it's like she has her own gravity. Everybody mm, just like yeah. turns to her. So like all her scenes, every scene that she was in, it's just like, my, I just couldn't take my eyes off her. I was just mm. like, you're so mean and I love it and I'm living for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, look, just like uh, Avantika as Karen kind of uh, had her musical number that made her, that made me realize what a star she is. Same thing with, uh, with that musical number. Uh, someone gets hurt. Like I, I mm, saw mm-hmm. like just star power in her. My only qualm about her is that like when she sings, she doesn't enunciate as well. She was doing a little Ariana Grande-ish where I could not understand sometimes what she's saying. Mm. Uh, other than that, I thought it was just poppy, like spectacular yeah. performance. Yeah, uh, this is a, a hard one for me, but in contrast, I'm going to go with Rachel McAdams. I Boom. just think that she did a transformative performance early on to the point where I completely forget that she disappeared into Regina. She embodied it. And she did a brilliant comedic performance, one that we don't we forget that Rachel McAdams is a comedian, mm. um, which also just shows that she's a really diverse actress. Uh, and I don't know something about I mean, I've been watching her play Regina George for years, and I still think it's funny. <laughs> like year after year, and it's still fucking funny. There's still something new that I see in her performance that I still can appreciate. But I, I think Renee yeah. Rapp did great. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, uh, the Regina George had more dimensions in uh, in the original Mean Girls of terms of, like, the kind of uh, performance to give where the new Mean Girls was clearly much more sexy and much more sultry, much more devious. Uh, borderline straight-up evil, right? But I did love it. I thought it was so good. It was just like, what a... Yeah. I mean, she was, yeah. And, I mean, on top of that, like, she is so beautiful, too. Like, Yeah, yeah no, she's very pretty. And she's very young. She's only 24. I thought she was younger because... Mm, you thought she, she was younger. I, she, I, yeah, I... The the casting in terms of, like, no one... I don't think any... Well, outside of Aaron, uh, no one looked, like, old in their parts, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, everyone was quite young. Uh, I think, I think Avantika is only 18, that makes sense. She looked young. Yeah. But again, like, yeah, talk about, like, again, star power. I mean, yeah, like, like they, I really, truly thought I was going to, like, dislike this movie going in. And I found myself just like, whoa, this was, I'm surprised at how good it was. Yeah. Honestly, a great start to the year 2024, too, because I was like, man, I hope we keep getting surprises like this. So mm-hmm. definitely. I actually would recommend it. I've told a bunch of people. I'm like, guys, you should go see Mean Girls. It was so much fun. 
I enjoyed it so much. So if you're listening and you haven't seen Mean Girls, you should check it out and let us know what you think. You can share your thoughts with us by emailing us, remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at remakesrebootsrevivals, at Twitter at remakespodcast. Search for us by searching remakesrebootsrevivals on Facebook and YouTube. And if you're listening on a podcasting platform, please go to our page and give us a rating. And if you're listening particularly on Apple Podcasts, give us a little review and we'll read it on the air in our gratitude for you. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I think we're not going to be doing a movie in our next episode in two weeks. We'll be doing a television show. We haven't quite figured out which one, so stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, happy belated birthday to Rolando. Oh, yes, thank you. And uh, I wish you a happy birthday on person, but I'm wishing you one on the air so you're so the audience knows. It was nice. Rolando's birthday. He's a Capricorn. Yay. <laughs> Uh, thanks (laughs) yes you're welcome and I guess uh, until next time stay stay unoriginal. unoriginal